Imagine a workplace with no distractions or disruptions, no endless searching to find the latest version, no constantly switching between apps. Now, imagine a place where everything just flows. At Dropbox, we're building a home for all of your team's work and the conversation around it with a suite of tools that maximizes inspiration and minimizes distraction because when teams are in flow, everything just clicks. Visit dropbox.com forward slash flow. Dropbox, keep teams flowing. Hey there, I'm Lindsay Zarniak. This is Players, conversation with country music artists about their interests in sports. This week's episode is with Darius Rucker. And it's funny because this conversation was was planned and then it turned out that the day we were doing it was actually a huge day for Darius because it was the day that he was announcing that he and his former band members were getting back together, Hootie and the Blowfish, launching a reunion tour. It's called Group Therapy. Uh, so he agreed to sit down with me somewhere between an announcing that news on the Today Show and going on Jimmy Fallon later that night. He still needed a nap, but he still squeezed me in, which I thought was very cool. Um, But this conversation, you guys, is so awesome. And the thing that I took away from it that I thought the coolest thing was when he described how Hootie and the Blowfish began. I didn't know the story. He he painted a picture that's very funny, um, but that is very true. And I can't wait for you to hear the story. He also talked about the first song he had that went number one. I didn't realize that it was the first number one he had ever had. Him describing the moment that he realized it was number one is super touching and poignant. Um, But the thing in this talk that is worth sticking around until the end for is when Darius Rucker talks about what he would consider his winning the Super Bowl moment. And I think it's actually something that's very attainable, but it is definitely something that hasn't happened yet. So stick around. I hope you love this conversation as much as I loved having it. Darius Rucker, one of my faves. I hope you really enjoy. Darius Rucker, um, there's so much to talk to you about with sports, but I am so pumped that you don't have anything else going on today. No big announcements, right? <laughs> Hootie and the Blowfish getting back together. What, what was it like to finally get that out there? Uh, I mean, so many, people, so many people have been talking about it and stuff and asking me about it. And I, I was given that stock answer, you know, I was like, you know, I'm sure someday, someday we're going to do it. You know, knowing that I got to go to rehearsals right after I stop talking. Really? Yeah. For you how know, long? We, for how we've long been, have been writing, been? we've probably been writing together for four or five months for the record. Oh, We've known wow. for a while that we were going to do it. But, you know, we wanted to announce it now. And, you know, that's because... People like EB and our manager said we should announce that we don't. <laughs> we just we were ready to get it out, you know. But uh, so you know, and today was fun, and now we'll we'll see what happens. Wait, so you've been writing for like four or five months. What was that like to get back? Was it like old hat? Like nothing changed, or was it? Uh, it was it was old hat when we got together. You know, it it, uh, it always is. It, it's so funny how every time the four of us get together, no matter what's going on in our lives, we fall right into exactly what. We've always been, you know, and everything hierarchy, you know, <laughs> Wait, the, what's you know the hierarchy? Who, How does that? Oh, it's Mark. Probably, it's probably Mark, <laughs> me, and then uh, and Sony and Dean. But but like, but it's kind of what we're talking about. You know, it's kind of what we're talking about. Like, if we're talking about guitar parts, it probably goes that way. But if we're talking about like a money discussion. I'm sure it goes Dean. <laughs> you know, so we're all. But that's just how. That's who we we are. Who we are. You know, and, and, I, and I love that. And we just we like we play music. Like even when we're making music, like 
Mark brought in this reggae thing and Sony brought in this thing and I brought in this blues thing and when you heard it, you know, guitar vocal or you heard it with the demo, you're just like, that That doesn't sound like us. And then we start playing it and it's like, man, that sounds like Hootie and the Blowfish. You know, we just can't help but sound like ourselves, I guess. What's your expectation when y'all get out there together and get, get this oh. thing started? <sighs> We just like to have fun, man. You know, and I, my whole thing for the summer is just let, I say it all the time, let's just go have fun. You know, when we're done making this record, let's put the record out and let's go out and let's play our shows. You know, we're not, it ain't rocket science. We're not trying to, you know, reinvent the wheel. We're just going to go give, let's go give them Hootie the Blowfish, man. And that's what we're going to do. When you, I was reading and I realized I don't know this story, but one of them heard you singing in the shower oh goodness yeah true story what happened you know i had really i wanted to sing my whole life i wanted to sing my whole life but uh then all of a sudden you know you're 17 18 and you're this kid from south carolina and you're gonna go to south carolina you don't really think it's you're you're gonna make it so let's get a real job and so i go to south carolina and what were you gonna study i was i was a broadcast journalism major i wanted i wanted to do sports casting yeah i had no idea yeah Wow. Yeah, I really wanted to. I mean, that and ESPN was just really starting then, and you know the local stuff was cool. And George Michael, well, I love George he Michael. He was my boss. <laughs> he hired me. Him. I love George Michael. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and that because that was a, one of the few shows we got on TV when I was young, and like so, George Michael was the man to me. He'd say, and, "Let me take you to Detroit." Absolutely. And he pushed the button. Absolutely. Yes. You know, and, and because it wasn't, it wasn't that constant sports that we can get now like we can get it on our phone now it was you know that's yeah. how i saw the other teams play that i didn't get to there. see yeah right. absolutely so you know and i want to be a sportscaster and one day i was it was my sophomore year in, in college and mark had lived down the hall and we had met and stuff and we, we had you know hung out a little bit and i was just in the, I, I didn't think anybody everybody i thought it was in class and, and, you know, we had those big jailhouse showers, you know, just a bunch of nozzles, no no shower curtain, a bunch of nozzles, you know, and so I'm in the shower and I'm taking a, I'm in the sh- taking a shower and I'm singing Billy Joel's Honesty. I was what I was singing. And I, you know, I'll, that one, yeah, that honesty is such a lovely word. Everyone is so untrue. And I'm saying that in the, in the shower. And I just walk out, and Mark walks out of his room because his room was right by the shower. And walks out of the room and he said, Man, was that you singing in the shower? I was like, Yeah. He's like, You know, I play guitar. He's like, You know, let's, let's get together and see if we know any of the same songs later. I was like, Absolutely. And I went to, you know, got dressed and went to class. And later on that night, we saw each other. So let's go have a beer and realize we knew a whole bunch of songs together. And we started playing the band. That was the night the band started. And then what happened? And so Mark and I were the Wolf Brothers. And uh, we did a, we did maybe a few months of just this little chicken wing joint that was right on the corner. And he, Why were you the Wolf Brothers? Because, oh, great sorry, story. The, another great story. <laughs> we had this one kid. He, he, was from a, he was from the Bahamas. And he was great. He was about 6'4", big kid, great. And he had this great hair. And we started, we called him Wolf from the moment we met him. And Wolf was, once Wolf was, was drinking, he was having a good time. And so he, we told him to introduce us. And we didn't have a name. Because we, we had only played together four or five times. We would just get out <laughs> and winging this. And uh, so he said, so he said, so ladies and gentlemen, what's y'all's name? We said, we don't have a name. He said, the Wolf Brothers. And so we, we were the Wolf Brothers. And uh, Dean and Mark have known each other their whole lives. Their dads were best friends in high school. Okay. So they known each other their whole lives. And uh, they they played, played in bands in high school. And, and uh, so Mark says, I know the bass player. And I'm in class with this drummer kid, this guy Brantley Smith, who was our first drummer. 
And he said, you know, I was like, well, let's talk to him. Let's get him to ask him to play. And so I asked Dean, and I said, uh, Dean, you know, we start a band. We won't play with us. And he said in no uncertain terms, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Because it was a lot of reasons. And one, you know, one of the reasons that Dean had gotten a scholarship to Elon to play bass. And he didn't take it and came to South Carolina. And so his parents were like, well, if you're not going to go play, I don't want to hear you playing some rock and roll band. And you could have gotten the ride. <laughs> you could have heard Elon getting this ride. So, like, of course, he comes and he's like, I can't. And he's like, I just can't play. And so finally, like, I keep on him. I keep on him. And finally, he goes, all right, I will play until you guys find somebody else. And, you know, we always joke that, you know, 30 years later, <laughs> 34 years, we're still trying to find a bass player. But, uh, and so he said, yeah, and Brantley came on and we just – Really, we our practices were in our dorm room, and I can't imagine. I can't believe, still can't believe they let us do it because it must have been so loud. Because I mean, drums and two amps and an amp for the microphone, and and we're doing that in, in our dorm room. And we play, and once again we go to the chicken wing joint, and uh, Hootie and Blowfish begins. Is that shower still there? No, that that building's not there anymore. Okay. I'm just like, do they have a plaque? That, that, like that? that building's not there anymore. No, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, it was yeah, it was great. That was fun. The other thing I was wondering is, you know, I, I read an article once about the cast of Friends, and I, this always stuck with me because they talked about how once they all got together and collaborated, and then when stuff really started happening, there was like one plane ride where they knew that their lives were never going to be the same because they realized that that that. When, when that first episode ran, that that was it, right? Yeah. For you guys, when did that happen? Two moments that were those moments. The first moment was uh, Brantley told us he he would couldn't play anymore. Brantley was a really good guy, but he just wasn't. He didn't want to play rock or roll with us. We understood. And, and so we were at Mark's place. I'll never forget where Mark's place. And me, Mark, and Dean are sitting with about 10 of our friends just sitting around having some beers in the afternoon. And we start talking about, are we going to do this? Are we going to do this? And it gets really hot. I mean, like, almost fighting. Like, Mark and I are almost fighting each other. And Dean's just sitting there, and we're fighting. So Mark runs to the house, and I sit down, and Dean just says, you know you guys are saying the same thing. And, you know, we it comes out, we hash it all out. And the three of us said, we're going to do this until we make it or until we're old. And so that was a moment where we it really was. But then we had to find a drummer, and we pretty much we were starting to do well. So you know, those drummers, all the drummers wanted to play with us in the bands. There was tons of bands back then, and so they came to my house one by one to play. And then Sony came. We had known Sony a while, and Sony came, and uh, so he played with us, and we liked him. We liked the style that we played him. And then so we started talking afterwards, and we said uh, he said he wanted to play. You know, write songs and play music. So that's what we want to do. He's like, well, I got this song that I, I've been working on. You know, I'll play for you guys. And he played Hold My Hand. <laughs> yeah. Are you <laughs> yeah. serious? Yeah, he played Hold My Hand. And we went, um, you're in the band, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, that was the moment where we were like, all right, let's let's go do this. Yeah. And then what what was that like after that moment with that song? How did that... Oh, that the first time we played that song live, it was a hit. I mean, the first time we played it, you knew that song was a hit. Absolutely. Wow, that's an incredible story. What about "Let Her Cry"? What was what, how was that born? My <laughs> husband was obsessed with that story, and I was like, I don't know what it is. Oh <laughs> goodness! Oh, I go out one night, and the great thing about this story is the bartender in this story is the guy who's now my business manager. He runs my life. Like I met him when I was eighteen. We were in the dorms together, and he runs my life. 
still so, to this day. To this day, it, he's one, he's one of two people in the world that could tell me no. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, uh, um, go to the bar and he's bartending. And I sit down and he plays that Black Crow song. She talks to angels. He, it's the first time I ever hear it. And I'm sitting there, and about the middle of the first, the middle of that first chorus, I'm in. I mean, I'm, I'm you know, talking to somebody, but they keep listening. There, I'm like, I'm in, and so I listen to it, and it, it floors me. I mean, what what I saw, one of my all, one of my all time favorite songs. And so I say to I say to Chris, I go, Chris, you know, who is who is that man? And he, and he said, Dude, that's the Black Crows. And my exact words were, Hard to handle Black Crows. <laughs> he said, Yeah, man. And so I was a couple couple songs later, you know, it's like, Dude, you gotta play it again. So I make him play it three or four times while I'm there. I'm probably there an hour and a half, and I make him play it three or four times. And so I find, I'm freaking out. I go to this other bar with Mark and those guys. And we're hanging out and give the bartender a tip. Say, man, play that new Black Crows thing. I'm getting to play it. I'm I'm losing. I'm like freaking out how great the song. And, and the and back song then, was new. It was a, it was a new Got single it. right after Hard to Handle. And and it was it was one of those things where nowadays you just go on your phone and you get it. Like I'm realizing I can't get this record till tomorrow until I get up and go to the record store and buy the record. I can't get it. So I go to a couple more bars and tip the bartenders and they play it. And it's pretty late. And I go home and I sit down and I'm, you know, I'm hammered and I want to play some. And I'm going to play Madden and I put on this Bonnie Raitt record that I love called Home Plate. And I put on, I put the record on and I just, I mean, in the Bonnie and I'm just playing a video game and it all ends and I sit down. I'm about to go to bed and I just say, I'm going to write She Talks to Angels for Bonnie Raitt. You know, although I'm happy, I got my little four track out, and this is going to be fun. And sat down, and I remember, you know, figuring out the chords, what I want to play, and what I'm going to say. And so I just start singing, and I start singing, and I do it a couple times. And then I just go to bed. And when I woke up, I got up, and Dean was in the kitchen. I was like, "Hey, man, you got to come listen to this song I wrote last night. And, you know, it's going to be pretty funny." I was, you know, I was pretty out. And, you know, and we put it on and <laughs> we play it, and you know, first time we listened to it, you know, that, that's not really funny. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty good song, and it was "Let Her Cry." That's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. You know, and it's funny because something that thinking about how much time you guys had together, the one thing athletes always talk about that's the toughest when they break up from a team or whatever right is losing that camaraderie and i know you said y'all you have it whenever yeah. you get right back together but what was that like for you breaking away from that that was time? i mean when that decision was made it was i was shocked I, was, I mean i was surprised i mean that was just touring was just what we did i mean that was just what we did i mean that was like our job we're gonna go on tour this summer that's what we do yeah and when that was, when it was said that we weren't going to do that for, well, I don't know, for whatever, maybe for, but for a while. Who decided it? <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, you know, it was, it was, you know, Sony called a meeting and, you know, I guess it's known, you know, Sony called a meeting and he was just like, you know, we tour every year. I don't want to be a touring musician. You know, he had just gotten married and, right. you know, and I was like, yeah, man, I get it. You know, and my first thought, seriously, when he said it after the shock wore off, was I guess I'm gonna go do my country record now. But I didn't think it was gonna do this. Like I didn't, I really didn't. People don't. I wasn't looking for hits. I just wanted to go make a country record. I, you know, if I got lucky, they'd let me make another one. Because I didn't think I could get on the radio. Really? Yeah. Why? Because I was black. Because <laughs> I was, I was, I just, I was coming over from the pop world. You know, when I came over, there was not one person of color even sniffing radio airplay. 
So it's like, what makes me think the pop the pop kid is going to come over here and they're going to listen? I mean, I didn't, ex- and and I, I made that clear to my to my label. I was like, I'll do whatever you guys want me to do. You really want me to do that radio tour? I'll, I'll go see 110 radio stations, sure. You know, but I, if if it doesn't work, I ain't mad at you. Thank you for letting me make a record. And Duncan would laugh at me because it was great for me to have the president of the label who was not just my back. He was in my front. This is going to work. Going. This is going to work. That's That was his option to his label. This is going to work. I mean, and people that don't, I'm learning a lot about that industry, right? Because obviously sports is more my wheelhouse, but... People that don't understand what goes into that kind of thing. When you're talking about going to radio stations, that blows my mind to understand how an artist has to do that. It's like you're you're like a salesman. It was three or four radio stations a day, five days a week, like three months in a row. And like where in the same city? No, goodness no. Sometimes you, if you were lucky, there'd be two in the same city where you do the morning show at one, and then lunch at one, and then you're either on a private plane or you're busting your butt to get from St. Louis to the next town to do like at least one of those radios, you know, you're probably doing like late late night air and then dinner with the other station. It was every day, every five days a week, man. And it was funny because the the people I did that did that with are, you know, you you become such good friends with people when you're on the road like that. You know, we're driving pretty much everywhere. And it was, it was, it was awesome. And it, it's the reason the record worked. I, I really believe that's why it worked. I mean, people just saw me and didn't, and were surprised. I mean, I think they expected, it, you know, a different person to walk in. And I really always walked in, and the first thing I said is, you know, I, if you don't play it, I'm cool. I just wanted you to hear it, and I wanted to be here when you heard it. Did they, were they in awe a bit because of the Hootie and the Blowfish? I think success? I got in a lot of doors. I think a lot of people saw me because of of because I've been hootie, yeah. But uh, also, I think a lot of people thought that like I had guys right now who right now who are my best buds in radio, like the guys who if I called them and I needed I needed one more spin for uh, to get to number one, they'd accidentally play it twice. <laughs> That's the part that I find so, so fascinating. I, I did those, not get it. You know, right? I got the, those. These guys are like those kinds of friends to me, and they told me when I came into in, in into Nashville that. I really never thought I'd, I told people I would never play it. I w- I'll never play it. Just never thought it was like I just I just don't think I don't care what it is. I'm not going to play it. And like they're all like, and they'll say you know that radio tour changed a lot of people's minds. Just meeting you know getting to know me and going to dinner and having some beers, you know. And and I and I, and I told the label if we are going to do this, I don't want to be Darius from Hoodie the Blowfish. I'm the low guy on the totem pole. Tell me what you need me to do. Let's go do it. Wow. It was it was a lot of work, but it paid off. Did you feel like you dealt with racism along the way? Oh, not there. You know, everybody was on their best behavior. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that tour was awesome, man. I mean, no, we had that, we had a blast. There was there was not one place I went on that tour that I don't have a memory from. That that's great. That's every awesome. every radio station was awesome. There's something happened that was really cool. If you were to describe, like, using a sports analogy, what it was like for me to go from Hootie and the Blowfish to that endeavor of being the solo artist, and then, the, I mean, the success you had. Oh, goodness. It would, for me, the, the sports analogy would be, uh, 
would be uh, winning the Super Bowl with the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> it has to be the Dolphins. Winning the Super Bowl with the Miami Dolphins and, you know, riding out your career and doing some cool things and great things, but you got, always got that Super Bowl win. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you go down to uh, to the University of South Carolina and you're the head coach and you win the national championship. <laughs> that what that's what that's what that is to me. So what's better? They they're both awesome. <laughs> they're, <just too> <laughs> they're, they're they're both awesome. They're both awesome. I mean, it, wow. it, it really I look back at the last 10 years and go, "Wow, I just did not see that coming." Mm-hmm. I just didn't ex- you know, I I I just I was happy with life. I was going to make this country record. It was going to be great. They're going to let me make one more, you know, 10 years, you know, we're still doing it and loving it and, and love being in Nashville. It's just been awesome. You brought up Marino. Um, how did you first become a Dolphins fan? Very- <sighs> you, you did, did Craig tell you to try to get all his funny Craig stories Mullen. out? No, I mean, look, he tipped me off. But, well, by the way, by the way, you have created a monster because you let my husband sing Let Her Cry. Oh, God. And we will be at dinner now uh. and out of nowhere, <laughs> we'll be talking and he will like just belt it. And I'm, you know, look, I, he's got a great voice, but I just, I prefer you singing it sometimes. So, you know, it's just so. But uh, I was five. And it was a Super Bowl, uh, the, the Dolphins' first Super Bowl when they played Dallas. And I have a really big extended family. My mom had two sisters, and they had they have fifteen kids, and we are basically brothers and sisters. Like all of our kids call each uncle, and you know we're brothers and sisters, and we all just happen to be together this Super Bowl Sunday. And they're at my house, and I'm five, and I'm, we're, I'm going around and people talking, and I hear. Everybody's going just pulling for the Cowboys. I mean, everybody in the house. And so, a little five-year-old, you know, white sheep of the family. I go, <laughs> I think to myself, I am going. To, I'm, I'm a Dolphin fan. I'm pulling for the Dolphins. I'm pull, the Dolphins. I'm pulling for the Dolphins. And I'll never forget this. And this is why I remember I was five. They lost, and I cried. I cried. I cried like my dog had just died. I cried. And so the next year, we're starting to play football. And uh, so I was really into it. I couldn't wait for the season. Dolphins were my team, and they're going to be my team. And they go undefeated. I mean, they go undefeated. I mean, you watch your team. And they were our, you know, back in the day, you got, you were local teams. And, you know, the Redskins were our NFC team, and the Dolphins were our AFC team. And so we got every game. And the Dolphins go undefeated, and they win the Super Bowl. And, you know, they've had me ever since. I've been a fan since I was six. That's amazing. And I, but I always remind myself that we haven't won the Super Bowl since I was seven. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm a Washington fan, and so I can, you know, I can commiserate yeah, a little yeah, bit. We that, had a really good run there in the '90s. I'm still mad at Riggins for beating the Dolphins. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you named your daughter um, after Dan Marino. Yes, my daughter is named after Dan Marino. Is uh, he's uh, he's not. He's, it's it's crazy to meet your favorite athlete of all time, and I mean we, but Dan's more of a bro. I mean we're yeah, he's my boy. We're we're really tight. You know, our families are tight, and and I didn't know if I was going to have another one. So, uh, so one of my kids were going to be named after Dan Marino. <laughs> <laughs> so what'd you tell him? Is that something you? Kinda, oh, he knows. No, but it, was it you just told him just randomly? At oh some yeah, point, well, yeah. We were hanging out. I was like, you know, he's like, you know, I'm naming my daughter. 
Danny after you. He's like, no, yeah, right. It's like, no, really? It's like the highest compliment. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yeah, she loves it. She'll be the first to tell you. I'm named after Dan Marino. That's amazing. Yeah, she loves it. Um, does your daughter like golf? No, my, my daughters say with their with all their heart, Daddy, I'm not a sporty. <laughs> I, hear, I hear that all the time. But, you know, my son is is just, that's that's all he wants to do. He loves the game so much. God. Yeah. What kind of wisdom do you impart on him when you're out there spending time golfing? With He's him? 14 now, and <laughs> I've really found that the wisdom I could give him right now is to keep my mouth shut. Because no oh, matter really? what I say, I'm the devil. <laughs> I'm the devil. No matter what I say. Seriously? If I say nice shot and it's not a nice shot, it's not, no, it's not. No, it wasn't. <laughs> but he's a boy. It's not supposed a, to be that bad, he's 14. right? 14. Oh, exactly. No. So, so they uh, go through it too. Yeah, I let his coach <gasps> coach him, and I go out and I just play him, and I hope I beat him. And that's and he's starting to beat me, and that makes him really happy. So he's leveling the field. Yeah, he's definitely quickly too. Yeah. So where ha where is the place that you have not hit with him yet, where you haven't been able to play with him? Oh no! I mean, there's there's so many places. We're lucky. We've been lucky. We've gotten to play like he, we, he toured with me. He tours with me in the summer, and mm -hmm. and last summer we got to play Chambers Bay and and see Wally and and. You know, I, I was telling you about the, you know, Sawgrass, Augusta, yes. St. Andrews, Carnoustie trip. You know, and it's like, that, that, that's the one, it's one of the coolest things that I get to do and got to do. And didn't even think about it. Just golf is something I love is being the golf guy. Because I get to go play all the cool places. Every, every town I go in, the, you know, that, that U.S. Open course or that, you know, that... Ryder Cup course says, hey, man, you want to come out and play? I will hook you up with a member. Absolutely. I want to come out and play. <laughs> you get it? <laughs> I can see the excitement. Oh, yeah. And so, and, and, and to be able to do it with my boy is just, I mean, God, nothing better. What's it like for you to be a dad, not only to be able to do that with him, but just to do what you do, you know, and and to have him around? I mean, that, that is, that is, he toured Europe. We went to Europe. And he went w with me, and it was for me just to be walking around and going to all these, you know, all the stuff that I've seen. But you know, it's his first time mm -hmm. going in the Van Gogh Museum. You know, it's it's, it's his first time walking around London and seeing Big Ben. And and you know, it was to have him with me experiencing that. You know, I I love it. You know, he he's the one. He's that little my tra little traveler. My 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 seventeen year old when she was about fifteen told me, Dad. I got a life. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. I said, you want to work for me this summer, Danny? You want to come out and tour and work for me this summer? Oh, oh that'd dad. be great. I got a life. No, no, she didn't want to. She go. turned it down. No. Oh, yeah. Every summer oh, she's turned man. it down. But Jack is different. He likes, he loves being out there. He's out every summer. So so you do all that golf, and then you turn that into also a little side gig that you have for, on the radio. Oh, yes. On par with Darius Rucker. Yeah. That's amazing. That How was, much fun is that? That is just... I, when I, I I reluctantly took it, and and as I get into it more and more, I just love it. I love just I'm just sitting there talking about golf. I'm sitting there talking about golf, and then I get to interview some great golfer or some guy who has something to do who who loves golf about golf, yeah, but about everything else, but whatever we want to talk about, whatever's going on in your life, you know. And and I just I love it, and the more and more I do it, the more and more I love it. And I didn't know about the whole your broadcasting aspirations before uh. the whole music thing um, <laughs> before going into it. Cause I was curious, like what, you know, what is it that you're most hungry for when you're doing that kind of thing? But, and don't you think some part of it is finding like relatability? Yes. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. It's kind of like breaking down the, 
all these journeys are really similar in some way, right? Exactly. Obviously, they don't lead to the same place. Yeah, but but you're, but you're right. You know what I mean? To get to to get to where you know these folks are, to get to where you are, to get with people who work hard to get to a point. There's a lot that goes into that, and and, and it's a lot of it's similar. You know, whether it's the, whether it's the sacrifice you have to give up to get to where you are, or whether it's just still how hard you have to work to stay to at where you are. And, and you know, so when you when I sit down, I always say we, before we go on the air, you know, let's just have a conversation. But that's so cliche, but I, I mean it. Let's just talk. I mean, I don't want to f- interview you. I want to yeah. talk to you. You know, if you got to ask me a question, <laughs> you know, and and so when it's so fun to do, and, and the guy people I've gotten to interview, it's been it's been amazing you know that we had jack when we had jack on we were talking about that it was amazing what what did he tell you that you were so pumped about okay we have these two segments of 15 minutes that i get to talk to jack second segment i i start i'm talking and i say so jack when in 86 did you think i could win this and he said there's wednesday and just started talking about the weekend. And for the next 15, 20 minutes, I basically <laughs> listened to Jack Nicholas tell me about the 1986 Masters. Every, And I'm talking when we get on Sunday, he's talking shot for shot. He's talking about what Greg Norman's doing. I'm like, are you kidding me? And I'm sitting there with my producer, and we're looking across at each other, and he's like, you know, he's like the hair is standing and I'm like arm, yeah right, the hair is and I'm like oh. my dude and he finishes and we and we finished the we finished the whole thing and he was so giving and so wonderful with with everything and and we finished it and we got off and me and my producer decided now that my engineer were talking and I just said now we got a golf show <laughs> I mean now we got a golf show that was awesome that's so cool and that's very parallel to people asking you right like how when did you know that Hootie and the Blowfish is going to be a success, right? You know yeah, what I mean? It's just, absolutely. It's, it's interesting. Um, I only did one interview with him ever, and this was when I was in sports in Washington, D.C., and he was opening. He had designed a course out there, and he was talking about his grandkids and how he has 22. Yeah. And I said, how, did you, how do you keep track of all of them? And this was the last thing I expected. He pulled out his wallet, and he had this laminated card that was like a credit card, and he had every one of their names typed. They were typed, and there was a column for their name, or a row for their name, and then there was a column that was their age, their birthday. And I was like, that is pretty genius. Yes. Right? Front and back. Keep all 22 jobs. Absolutely. Let's keep them all happy. Um, That's awesome. Wow. What's your, you have a dream interview besides Jack? I know Jack you. was, if I, if I hadn't interviewed Jack already, he would definitely be my dream. But, uh, you know... I you know I can't wait till I get Tiger on when it's something big and I you know need a big interview, you know I'll <laughs> call, call him and yeah, go, right. dude, you're doing the interview this week. <laughs> you know that'll be Just cool. Just buddy, help me out in a bind. That'll Tiger. be cool. That'll, that'll be cool. You know, but uh, uh, you know Tiger is of course. You know I'd like to, I'd like to have all the guys. I'd like to have Phil. You know you know you know I I think a great interview would be Patrick Reed. I would love to have Patrick Reed on Why? my show. Huh? Because I love him, and I think he's so misunderstood and gets such a bad rap, and he's such a good guy, and and I just want to talk to Patrick. Patrick is a good dude, and he, yeah, he's done some stuff that that I'm sure he regrets, but haven't we all? And, and you know, I, you know, I like Patrick. Everybody gets me. <laughs> hey, no, it's all, but I think it's great. I think you should. Right? I do. I do. I like him a lot. What um? What's next for you here coming up with you and and. I mean, it's just a whirlwind schedule. It's a whirlwind, all of a sudden it's now? going to start. I mean, for us, we still got 
doing some downtime. We're not going to do anything in December. I think we're going to start recording again in January, and 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 then the tour is going to start in May. And and so when the tour starts, I but but up until then, I'll just be trying to chase some golf courses and hang out with the band. <laughs> What's the preparation like when it's when you're solo versus when you're back with the band? I mean, is it is it different? Does it feel like a, no. a quarterback versus like yeah the, yeah the the difference for me is that. Uh, with Hootie, I actually have to rehearse. Like so we go, we go rehearse together. And you lift yourself. Like you kind of yeah. We rehearse. To, yeah, we. But like with the country band, oh, I show up like the day before the show. We run through it one time and let's do this. You know, I'm not gonna come for five day rehearsals, bro. I'll see you the day before. We're gonna run sound check. Y'all better be ready. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! What, can you give me an example of something that people should expect? I mean, sound. You mentioned that. <sighs> you know, we we we're, I think we're adding we're adding a player and uh, to play a lot of different instruments. And, oh really? Yeah, we're gonna we we want it to really sound big. We want it to sound live, but like the record, you know. And, and you know, we haven't done this in a long time. If people are really going to come out and see this, let's let's let them remember that they saw this. Columbia's last show. Yeah, I saw it's that. the night before the Alabama game. Oh, you did! Yes. I love it. <laughs> I didn't even know it until the day. I'm Are you so serious? happy. Didn't know it until oh, today. Oh, that was God. I'm right? so That's... happy right now. Bringing the thunder. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. There is a oh, lot behind that. Please don't blow us out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Let us stay in the game. I love it. You know what's funny is you brought up George Michael, and he hands down he was the best mentor I ever had because he hired me when I was in Miami and, um, and I went to work for him for six years and he has so many lessons that are things that are just drilled into my head. And one of them is, um, keep it simple, stupid, because he would always say that, like, I would try to make everything very flowery in my yeah. talk or whatever. Um, you know, but also that you can't waste people's time with the amount of questions you ask in an interview, which obviously now we've, but this is a conversation. Yeah. It's not asking questions. Um, but if you, if you had things that you would say have gotten you to where you were along the way, like one or two, what, what would you say? They, oh, oh goodness. Um, I think one thing that really I can always look back on and say probably the real reason that I did, do, did what I did and do what I do is because when I was a kid, I really liked music. I mean, not not just R&B. Like, I, I like to listen to the country station. I like to listen mm -hmm. to the rock station, the pop station. I, I mean, like, I, was, I was an AM radio kid. And so I'd listen to, I'd just go and sit in our living room in front of our hi-fi and listen to music. And, you know, my, my brothers and my cousins could be pretty rough with me. They were older boys. And, you know, I'd always, you know, at some point I'd always get that, you know, why are you going to listen to that white boy music? Turn that music off. <laughs> and my mom would always yell at them, you better leave him alone. Let him listen to whatever he wants to listen. Get out of that. Get out of that living room, Ricky. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And she'd always keep him off me and protect me. But I always joked, she would keep him off me and protect me until I'd like, she had heard Kiss about enough. And then she'd walk in and take it off and put on an Al Green record. Record. But you know, they couldn't bother me. But that was really huge for me because that's where all my love for the music that I'm playing comes from. Is like being able to sit in front of the radio, AM radio, and discover Buck Owens. You know, and wonder why yeah. this guy doesn't sound like anybody else. You know, and and to play to hear cheap tricks. I want you to want me for the first time, and call every radio station in town and ask them to play it. And it was like just happened to be really? the first time the radio station played it. I just I remember those days of AM radio for me, and so, you know, that was a moment, definitely a moment that is the reason I'm sitting here. 
So do you remember the moment when you um, realized that your first country hit was going number one? What was that moment? Oh, great. You must, I don't know where you got your questions, but no, that's hey, another, this this is another is great story. It's George Michael. This is another great story. This is another great story. Uh, so don't think I was, was going great. I think it had gotten to like three. It wasn't a two yet. It had gotten to three. And so, I, you know, I'm not, wondering, I'm not really a chart watcher, but I figured you know, I got a couple more weeks. I might get to number one. I might stall here. But, you know, we, this is a good start. And I, there's some guys in Florida who were the guys, some of the guys that were honest with me who are my buddies now. Were, we had become really good buddies. I'd been down there a few times, and we were real good buddies. And so it's, we're, he's introducing, he's, he's interviewing me on the radio on a Tuesday. And Tuesday is when the charts flip. And and so he's interviewing me, and he goes, so, you know, how's it feel that your your record went to number one? I was like, what are you talking about, your record number one? He's like, no, right before I came on, I got the sheet, and you got the number one record in country music. And I went, it feels like, and oh. everything, all everything, not just the country thing, but all the hootie stuff, everything, all the sacrifices, you know, leaving your kids, it all just hit me. And I had the number one record country music, and I could not cry. And I was trying not to cry, and he's still talking to me. And then he's like a jerk. He says to me, are you crying? And of course I go, no! <laughs> no that, was, that, was, that was a, that was a moment. That because because it was all that stuff, but I knew that we were, we just made history. I mean, we just made history. You know, for the rest of my life, when you've mentioned me in country music, you might mention Charlie Pride. That's pretty mm -hmm. awesome. That's pretty awesome. You just gave me chills. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Oh yeah, Hootie never had a number one. We never had a number one pop record, pop single, because it was different back then. Back then, we, they, they did not just airplay. They did airplay and single sales. But we wanted to sell records, so we never put out a cassette single or, or a CD single ever. So, like, so, so you wanted, we wanted to sell records. You got, right, yeah. but that's totally obvious. Yeah, we wow. were, yeah. We, so we never really had a number one pop single. I mean, we had top five. All, all, of, all, all the big hits went to top five because they were playing them so much. But we never sold any cassette singles because we wanted to pump records out what'd your kids say they, they, they couldn't care less <laughs> they say get home <laughs> get, get home that's what they say they Man. they love me and they love what i do and like they go they come to the shows and my my, my two daughters are so funny they, they like to make me laugh at shows and they love it but they they don't care they if i could stay, if i could stay home more that that they, that'd make them happy not not hey dad you're playing Apollo we're gonna come <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey dad you're playing Madison Square Garden uh, I don't think I'm gonna make that one dad <laughs> as it should be god yeah. that's it we're just at that stage where it's like are you gonna be here in the morning are that's you gonna all, yep. I can't imagine and that, I mean is that hard is it or does it get easier for you is it cause they're older I, I, I think it gets easier for them for me it's always it's, and it's god it sounds so sad or so selfish but like I, I I can't do I, I can't do anything else. Mm -hmm. There's not another job I can do. This is this is it. <laughs> well, you could be a sports broadcaster. Yeah, but, but not you could be taking not. Jobs. I would I'd be taking a pay cut. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that's true. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's like and and I love what I do and and so I work and I tour and everything and I try to have them with me as much as I can that want ones that want to go. But uh, it gets easier for them because it's all they've ever known. 
it's awesome for them, right? You know, and, and as long as you're present when you're there, I think they're cool because mm-hmm. they get it. That's just oh, that's what you do. You work. Dad, you got to go to work. What would your Super Bowl be? I know you said you already won one because we did the analogy of that in the national honestly, championship. But if you had if you had one thing that would be your Super Bowl, and maybe it is oh, Dolphins. I don't know. <laughs> the, my Super Bowl would be to get a call from the NFL and say, hey, will you play the halftime show? Call it a day. I'm retired. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's great. Because I was wondering if that or the anthem, which which would be the halftime show? The halftime show. I think I think you'd rock it. I would love that. Yeah, that would be. Yep, call it a day. Halftime show, Miami Dolphins if in the, the Super Bowl. If the Miami Dolphins ever win the Super Bowl again, no, when the Dolphins win the Super Bowl in my <laughs> lifetime, I, I, I this. Okay, I'm probably not going to go to Miami, but, you know, it's going to be – y'all going to have a crazy man on your hands. And let me tell you right now, if the South Carolina Gamecocks win the Dashwood Championship of football, you find me at that game on the field celebrating, and w- <laughs> when you don't see me again, I'm in a plane to Columbia, and I'm turning over some police cars. I'm blowing <laughs> something up. <laughs> I'm and going you said, straight your concert, to jail. Wait, you, in the spring, did you say this the day after South Carolina, Alabama? No, it's the Alabama? day before Alabama. It's, it's the Friday before. So that's good. Oh, yeah. So that's good. So right, right, right. I just there, yeah, we're gonna, yeah that. we're gonna have a, the crowd's gonna be pumped up for that yep. one. Oh yes, they will. Yeah. Yes, they, that might put it over the edge. That it's, might. Okay. Last, you know who the last AFC uh, SEC East team to beat Alabama oh. is Mm-mm. South Carolina about sixteen years ago, <laughs> something <laughs> like that. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance? There's a chance. There's you're a telling chance. me there's a. That's uh. how stupid you are as a sports fan. I'm sitting in my I'm sitting in my bus before the Clemson game. I'm sitting in my house with my with Jack before the Clemson game, and we are saying this to each other. Does it? Ch- we got a chance. We got. We don't have a chance. Clemson's going to kill us. Listen, we had a chance. I think there's always a chance, and I'll tell you, I totally believe in the mojo of. You know what I mean? The chemistry, the strange, the intangible. I believe that's what the Eagles had this past year in the Super uh, absolutely. Bowl. Absolutely. I felt it. You know what I mean? When they had their media availability, yep. you're like, there's something going on there. On paper, maybe they shouldn't win, right? Yeah. And then, you know, I, the 2003 Marlins, same way. So, you know? see, but, but see, that thing that you, that you felt for those teams as a Gamecock, we feel that every week. <laughs> we think we're going to win every week. Got it. Yep. And that's why people like you need to be out there. Exactly. I'm a game <laughs> That's why. That's why they play the games for people like me. And that's me. why you're not sports broadcasting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Darius Rucker, you need a nap. I yes, think, I do before, need a nap. Because you got you have found right. You've got yes, stuff. Absolutely. So, um, oh my God, so much fun. Thank you. That okay. was fun. Yeah, we should do a show together sometime. Okay, I'm in. Great. All right. All right. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank Good you. luck. Good luck with Hootie. Thank you. We'll be there along the way. Gonna be fun. Commissioner Goodell, I hope you're listening. Uh, thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Players. Thank you to my guest, Darius Rucker. Cannot thank him enough for being so accommodating on such a big day for them. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of Players. You can find these on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And don't forget, leave a review while you're there and then tell like 2,000 people to leave reviews also and just keep talking about it. It's great. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work, especially Bobby T, my phenomenal producer. And thank you, of course, to my sponsors, Dropbox. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.